This is JFM Podcast. Hello there, very good evening to you and welcome to the program Niger at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. It's a beautiful Wednesday evening, 6th of September 2023. Good evening, Gilbert. How's the day? How's the going? Good evening, Ponsak. A good day indeed. A beautiful Wednesday evening. Um, what a day to call the Day of Judgment, Ponsak. Yeah, Judgment well, Day. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, uh, but let's start with the weather. Today was unusually hot. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to I keep finding myself in any office. Of course, you know that any <laughs> office that I've, I, 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 I visited today, I'll just say, please, can you turn on the AC? <laughs> the Sika of better condition. Yeah, and one of my organs say, no AC, yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't have a You know, we're not going to turn it out for you. Well, uh, it's a good day. Uh, the presidential election petition tribunal is still ongoing in Abuja. The Court of Appeal with the five-man team of justices. But before we go further, Gilbert, um, I know that I've been carrying uh, sad or painful news. My friend lost his father, and this, my friend, is very, very very close uh, with him. Uh, That is in the Dabwada, has gone to be with the Lord uh, over the weekend. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, compound the whole thing, uh, because it's really, really heavy. When his wife, you know, phoned me to or send me a text to say that her father-in-law has gone to be with the Lord. It was really a shocking news for me uh, uh, because, I mean, indeed, that water is one old man that I know that uh, is agile, he's strong, uh, but she, uh, when I phoned my friend to say, okay, this is what I heard, how correct it is, he said that it's true. After a brief illness, he just uh, passed, so... Well, accept my deepest condolences, uh, the family of Andy Lit in the Dabwada. Uh, that is my friend Charles, uh, Charles Nentok Dabwada, and Leslie Dabwada, Kelly, and all of you know the rest of the family. It's indeed a painful loss uh, to this uh, family. Well, may his soul rest in peace. Amen. And they have the fortitude to bear. The irreparable loss. Amen. Thank you for your kind and good prayers, Gilbert. Well, uh, Gilbert, I don't know. Um, what stories have you have? I know that is the, yeah, the what's the, going on at the tribunal. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's look at how, you know, the NLC and the TUC ended up getting sharply divided, you know, as a result of the warning, two-day warning strike. He declared. Mm-hmm. One arm said, look, we're embarking on this strike. The other said, we aren't. Mm-hmm. And that this strike is ill-conceived, ill-motivated, mm-hmm. and badly thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, you really just can't understand where we're headed towards. And I think that they're taking their various members for granted. In my candid opinion, why am I saying this? They are all a part of this... It's labor. yes. I mean, the economy is biting everybody, including those who are in high places, feel the impact of these things. Because in one way or the other... I don't think they feel the impact. Let me tell you. I tell you why I said that. Okay. The number of people they would be having, you know, by their doorsteps, queuing up for assistance would have increased sharply. Correct. Good. So, in... 
in essence, except the extremely wicked, I think they have to keep extending little hands to these people lining before them in need of aid. So for how long are we going to continue like this? Because the queues in front of their houses will obviously keep growing. And this is my reason. This is why I said they have to understand that, look, there is something different. There is something that is sharply different from the norm, from what they used to know. Because it's not easy for an average Nigerian to walk up to you, Ponsag, and say, look, I haven't eaten for at least the past four or three hours. Then when people begin to do this, you should know there is a problem, mm-hmm. a deeply rooted problem that needs collective resolve to solve. But are they doing this? You know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that my dear friend is here. Uh, he's the one that will always say that Nigeria's democracy has, has, is just the ruling class, that is the politicians. But the people that is supposed to serve, you know, the uh, so-called masses, is not serving them. And, and it is very typical. If someone who wasn't in government suddenly gets into government, their lifestyle will change. If they used to eat bread, you know, uh, that is from their angwa, they'll start accessing bread that, you know, they feel that is more special, you know, somewhere. If they used to uh, buy, you know, sewing kaftan for like 20,000 naira, they'll start, okay, I need to sew 50,000. Lifestyle inflation start True. happening just because you are in government. And over time, people think that government is a place to just empower yourself. And get rich at the expense of, you know, others. That is not how democracy works. And it just shows that how unreasonable we are as a people. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for using the word unreasonable. But wh- how, I mean, why should 1% or 0.5% of the population control the wealth of the others? Yesterday we brought a case of, you know, uh, that person who sent us that email anonymously. Yeah. And when you shared that email with me, I was pained because these are human beings. And I, I, I learned that some people in Planters stay for 22 months, they have not been paid. How do you want them to survive? Do you want them to start ro- robbing people? And if you don't pay them 22 months, uh, their children are working you know, with the state government, they still don't uh, get paid, or with the federal government. How does the government want people to uh, survive? Is giving your service, you know, to your nation a crime? What? And for me, I, I really don't understand how Nigerian elites think, because how they think is is a very is absurd and ridiculous. That is not how you know elites should think. It's just like stealing from your children. For example, if I have you know a child and I come back home late. And maybe I skip dinner, you know, uh, and I, I would just, you know, go into maybe the fridge or where they used to keep, uh, where my wife keep, you know, the snack of the children. And then I take from it. That is stealing. And True. then tomorrow I, I would just look at there them. There was they no say, man for you. Yeah, they would say, Dad, you know, so where's my snack? I, I need a snack in school. I would just say, no, I ate it last night. Just go. The Lord be with you. And I would just, it's very nonsensical. Unfortunately, it's... it's it's unthinkable, Ponsak, because I always like the idea of, you know, um, the philosopher Aristotle who posited that 
government or governance and leadership is solely an affair of the rational souls. That's philosophy. Yes, philosophically. You see, um, in Nigeria, I don't know the books by which we play, you know, our affairs through always. But when, when you're an elite, you just use the word elite again. And you took, you quickly took my mind to what an elite or who an elite should be. And quite frankly, it's not about wearing the barbariga and the suit. It's the quality of thoughts that you process, you're able to process Absolutely. in your head. Absolutely. And then when you exhibit certain things that, you know, even, I'm sorry to say, someone who is about to even get into a state of mental illness or ailment, severe mental illness, can't process those thoughts, then there's something wrong with you. And people would always like to ask, how many years would you spend on the surface of this earth to squander or to enjoy all of the largesse that's, that you have amassed yourself? There's one thing that I know definitely for sure. No matter how wealthy you are, you will never buy health. That is for absolute sure. Let's not go even life. Let's not talk about life in itself because that is a nonsensical uh, proposition to say, uh, to even ask a question whether you can buy life. It's a very nonsensical proposition. Uh, that is, you know, according to my small mind. But health, you can't buy health. Alibongo, the president of Gabon, is stricken by stroke. He has stroke, and that's why, you know, his right hand is yeah. always shaking. Lady yeah. I mean, we can go. So why are you, where are these people amassing this wealth, you know, too? When I watched yesterday the uh, television, I saw the vice president, Kashim Shetima, he was, he was somewhere. At a CIB and bankers. Yeah. Chartered yeah, Institute correct, of Bankers. Correct. Yeah. And stuff, I yeah. saw his brand new Barbariga, you know, really shiny. He loves it. He loves it. You know, really shiny. Mm. And I said, look, uh, one of my professors in school, you know, taught me, he was, it was like admonishment, you know, to us. He said the essence of clothing is not to impress or oppress the other person. It's just to cover nakedness. It doesn't mean that you should be shabby. You know, uh, there's this whole concept of being minimalist. You know, people, I don't know if people know about these ideas, mm -hmm. you know, uh, here that you don't need much to be happy. You just need little to be happy. But people, I mean, does it go with, you know, being... If it goes with being African, just complete it. With being African and more so being Nigerian, it goes with with that. But please, you never can yeah, change that. Yeah. And before we move on, it will amaze you that if these guys, peradventure, are given uh, you know leadership positions in other countries, they dare not behave in the manner in which they behave here. They mm. they can't. They just naturally can't. Yeah. So I, I don't get if there's something wrong with the air we breathe or with the nature of the colors of oh, yeah. our vegetation. Perhaps oh, yeah. something differently needs to be thought out for us. But for me, please, uh, I'm, I'm so... Anytime I see an old person, you know, trying to cross, uh, cross the road or trying to get into public transportation, I feel for them. You know, because I know that... And I will be thinking, I say, okay, so if I get old and... Uh, with all of this, my hard work, you know, and I, I can't buy a car, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, afford a house, you know, I can't have someone. And there was the essence of working. Uh, you, you don't pay pensioners, you know, what is due them. You don't pay their children of the pensioners, their salaries that went due for them to, you know, uh, support their dependent. 
uh, it just shows that you're a wicked leader. It's sheer wickedness. Well, let's introduce our guests. Uh, we wanted to have, you know, journalists too, but uh, since we have this erudite public intellectual, we we'll just, you know, start the conversation mm -hmm. with him. We have Dr. Philip Nyango here with us. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you, Ponsak. Um, good evening, listeners. Good evening, Gilbert. Um, um, I'm glad to be here again. And uh, I just want to seize the opportunity to commiserate with the Dapwadas also and with the Baturis also. Yeah, my friend in Gabo. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny enough, um, my older brother is married to um, Gabo's older Okay, sister. interesting. So, so we lost the mother-in-law and yeah. I commiserate with the family and pray God grants all the families that have lost loved ones mm -hmm. the fortitude to bear such irreparable losses. Very painful all this time. And just to say the country is in quite an austere, quite a difficult situation. Is and it austerity or yeah, it's, irresponsibility it, of leadership? Um, a mix of all. A mix of all. Because, um, you know, this, the truth is we all end up in the temptation of pointing fingers at leadership alone. And just before we came in here, I was trying to point and give an analogy as to um, where we are as a country and why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. If, if persons um, of great public thought like Darwan Kanang of blessed memory who was in the northern assembly and persons like um lit um dr maitama yusuf sule would all, exactly would all um give reviews of public um engagement that point the fact that um basic institutions of driving patriotism for a country uh, at a state of disrepair then the outcomes of um, governance we're experiencing now are not far from what such persons postulated years and years, decades ago. Mm -hmm. Now, the situation is this. Just like I said, we're, we're bound to get into the temptation of just looking at leadership. But it is a makeshift. It is, in fact, a clear expression of the kind of citizens we have in this country that are manifesting in the positions of leadership and the outcomes of governance. So you pick, for instance, in fact, a, a very little chi a child. And the kind of norms and values you find are so synonymous to the things you would see. I tell you a story. Yeah, sorry, Thank sorry. Thank you. Yeah. I tell you a story to illustrate. Uh, you know, one thing I love to do with my social media is just yeah. to post uh, jokes. Mm. <laughs> so there was this... Uh, I know you for that. Yeah, there was this day that uh, I saw something on someone's status yeah. and then I copied it. It was three kids fighting. Mm. And let me tell you what caused the fight. An uncle came and gave them, gifted them 250 naira, And he asked the... I think he was... Uh, he should be older. Mm. The oldest among them. He asked him to, okay, take, share this 250 amongst three of your friends. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, the guy gave them 50, 50 naira. And then he cornered 150. So they jacked him. Smoke. If I show you the video, is I will watch this television. They jacked him. And it was in pidgin English. They said, ah, uh, somebody came and was filming. They said, ah, what happened? He said, ah, one brother can't give us 250. And this guy calling this uh, boy calling give us fifty fifteen. I ain't pocket the one fifty. 
Then the other, then the the guy that was he just kept quiet. And then one boy, you know, that was uh, beside the one that got got fifteen. I said, "You want sure saying I only you day wise." And when I first I, I laughed, but when I watched the video again, I said, "Okay, these kids maybe they are not more than seven years old." Mm -hmm. So imagine mm -hmm. the kind of values they mm -hmm. they are going to go deep into this mm -hmm. kind of you know nonsensical values and corrupt you know values. And they will think that, okay, society is supposed to run on these values and, you know, this moral code. And just to try to you know what you're saying. Pantaka, I must say thank you for re-echoing this exact gory situation. That's exactly the kind of process that has re-eroded us into the kind of outcomes we have as a country now. We are all part of the problem, sincerely. I, I, I say we, I say as a nation, at your dark corners, at your corner currently, maybe you're planning to rip off a passenger in your, in your vehicle mm. by charging rates that are very unusual and outrageous. Maybe you're a doctor in a government hospital and you're not on call, you're on call and you're not at the hospital. Maybe you're a lecturer meant to give a lecture and you're meant to visit in maybe just a location you're visiting in at four or five places. Maybe the list goes on and on and on. Maybe, in fact, you're a um, tricycle rider and it just costs a hundred naira to move from maybe Rayfield to, to maybe Kwang and you're charging 150, 200. The list goes on and on and on. What we have oh, at the hem of exactly yeah. you, you sell tomato, you're selling tomatoes that ought to be maybe pasted and refined for another thing. You're selling for persons who want to have a salad with vegetables. Okay, you see, the ripoff is endemic and entrenched across cities, across the, 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 the scape. In fact, you're, you're a household, you have nannies in your home. And the way you treat the nannies is such that you, you segregate and, and offer inhumane treatment to humans like you. That is why we have so many young men and women who are so inhumane in governance. Because they come from such a background of people who have no value for human life. These are the kind of issues that have railroaded us into a country with so much frustration in art, chaos in politics. These are where the values are from. Yeah. And these are the sources where persons like Meitama pointed out years ago. Persons like uh, um, uh, Reverend Father Matthew Hassan Kuka have pointed out over and over again. Teachers of faith. In fact, the institutions of religion and Tradition are not isolated also. Yeah. Offerings are given. The poor that ought to, to benefit from tithes and offerings are not benefiting from these things. From the little the poor have, someone by the door is planning on, on making multiple offerings to have luxurious lives for those who teach the word who are supposed to serve and give succor to the poor. Yeah, now, me, yeah. well. Sincerely, this is the kind of tragedy we have. Let me not pontificate. Well, the issues of governance in this country are as gory as I have painted. But we cannot excuse the malgovernance and insincerity around those who, who are meant to offer leadership. Now, the tragedy is that they are, they are largely responsible for the kind of difficulty in, in affairs of state that, 
that citizens are experiencing, just like you stated, 22 months unpaid pensions for pensioners of tertiary institutions. Till date, no attention. Months. Yes, 22 months. There are pensioners with over 22 months, no conversation about it. 18 months, no conversations about it. Okay? Now, inherited liabilities, the kind of reckless governance that went on that ushered in the current administration is such that loans were taken that you can't even explain what the loans were used for indebtedness inherited by the current administration just that you can't give you you can't continue to give excuses once once you mount a saddle you must look for forthright enough Mm. to find solutions but we cannot continue to live in the denial that errors and monumental chaos was manufactured for the people to continue to live with and let's, we, let's, we just can't stop we must continue to discuss and find innovative ways that solutions will be found for the citizenry in this country and our nation would get to be what it ought to be we yeah. can't we can't have another this is the motherland we have very true well uh before we talk about uh so far what has gone on at the presidential election petition tribunal and uh, some of the decision of the judges let's talk about uh Fahmi. yesterday on TV, Gilbert, yeah. uh, News at 10, National TV, I almost broke my television. It just occurred to me that I, I just gave myself some uzuri, you know, in house, you yeah. know, sense. Yeah. I told myself that I don't have money. So if I had broken this thing, I know. Because I can't imagine he was giving, a, he was a keynote speaker at a function. Former President Jonathan was there. Mm. And he said that the issue of oil subdi was it's just mere politics. politics they it. all know it. And yes, he said they, is, all, is, they all know it. And, and look, I mean, yesterday I said, it's like this Kaede family thinks that we're stupid. And because for me, it was very insulting. You know the truth. You know something that is going to be beneficial for majority of the people, but you said it was politics. Ponsak, I cut your breath short. And, and for me, I said, I said what, what nonsensical you know, statement is that? Perhaps Look at how people now are suffering. This was like 11 or 12 years ago. We might end up getting to a point when, God forbid, I'm not even going to use this example because it's that drastic and momentary. We might get to a point when almost everything that affects us affects our nation, including the high-stakes issues. Someone would sit, would sit somewhere and say they were all politics. I mean, uh, Dr. Philip, how, how, how do you feel you know, about this statement? <laughs> and, and it was like he was just making jests of yes, former president yes. Jonathan. That it was just politics. That we all knew know. it. We all now, knew it was politics. Now, just to shock you again, it's still just politics that subsidy has been taken off. It's still just politics. You know why? Because even with the taking off of subsidy currently, there has been no concrete, no concrete measure to say you ha- you're taking off subsidy to better the economy, to drive economic matrices that will better the lives of every Nigerian. Rather, you've taken off subsidy and you're giving palliatives on a scale that would never subsidize the austerity. I mean the difficulty, the wahala, the kind of chaos, the kind of engraved, s- sad situation that citizens are going through. Who is benefiting from the removal of subsidy? You keep hearing of huge sums of revenues shared across tiers of government. You keep seeing an overbloated cabinet. The federal government has a record of 48 48 ministers. 48 ministers. From what? 
from the difficulty and hardship Nigerians are going through currently. Because if you can afford 48 ministers, who is cars, subsidizing it? Cars, yeah. Who is subsidizing cars. it? Okay? So you run through all of this. Across the tiers of government, there is stupendous availability of luxury to drive the elite class of this country. Yet you have a vast poor majority that is in fact complacent and adoring of this very minute few that is um, with a structure that does not better serve the vast majority of the citizenry. Now you find the last I checked was over 70 billion for the National Assembly. And uh, if you put 70 billion uh, as against the 55 billion that has been shared to, to 220 million or, or over that, 70 billion and 185 billion, put the math together. Who has subsidized who? Dr. Philip, <laughs> yesterday at what the function Portag is talking about, the yeah. vice president said, Subsidy removal is irrevocable. Does that really sound nice of a leadership standing by its policy despite the glaring evidence that, look, things aren't going as you first intended? And should this continue for the next perhaps eight, uh, four years? Let me not say eight years because there's still an election and people might win, people might lose. But if this continues for the next four years, does it make any brain to say that, look, this is irrevocable? Um, sincerely what you're asking is it that the law is for the people or the people are for the law now the situation is that we we run a system of governance that clearly has no impute from the citizens that's the harsh reality okay um it's a system where um anything goes and why is this so it stems from the process it is it is not an event it is a process-driven outcome-delivering exercise, okay? Now, you find that I have just narrated to you the kind of gory situation as philosophies, um, these persons in power operate. Um, they, must, they must consume what is just luxurious at the expense of a poor majority, okay? The philosophies are such that there is no economic policy that is egalitarian to serve a vast majority of Nigerians. Now, put pen to paper. Um, universities are supposed to now pay huge sums of fees in terms of costs of running universities. I mean public universities. Um, there is a, there's an access to education bill which stipulates that loans will be given. It is now September. Students are meant to resume. No loans are available. Uh, students have huge costs. In fact, the last I checked is one of the universities seems to be reminding students that they need to resume because the universities are apparently getting empty because of the costs, because of the costs that students are supposed to pay in this austere economy. So, Mary, just get to the hospitals. You would find that the cost of accessing healthcare is rooftop, rooftop, rooftop. Okay, now marry that. In fact, farmers are going through so much difficulty with even insecurity. The last I checked is that government has made, within the, the borders of our own state, government has made efforts to make available tractors to till land for farmers. How long can you juxtapose this socialist approach on a capitalistic design? Uh, insincerity in philosophy because of the clear 
absence of structures to engender security for people to carry out their very means of livelihood. Now, across the scape, this is the gory situation we find in this country. Frustration in art, in chaos in politics, the institution of family breaking down. But we can't despair. The solution is as simple as possible. We must find we must find purpose in rediscovering values that ought to keep us together, values that ought to drive sincerity, patriotism, values that ought to drive integrity. We must get back to insisting on these very basic ethics. And all thanks to God, for the first time, we were witnessing the broadcasts of a presidential election petition tribunal. Why? Because of the kind of awareness, because of the kind of public outcry, because of the kind of conversations going on. If there were severe complacency by the citizens in being aloof, uh, uninterested, yeah, there would have there wouldn't have been a broadcast, even even though it's still a, a, a demonstration of the same process, the same the same outcome. But there there seems to be some pressure within the courts of those who are perpetuating this kind of obvious malgovernance against the people. The Labour Party came out to ask salient questions about yes. the broadcast you're speaking about. Yeah. The same courts that are the hear- pre-hearing and hearing stage yeah. refused to allow for the broadcast ended up agreeing that, look, okay, we could broadcast this judgment. What are the disparities and what could we have learned from them? And then two questions also you could attack them, mm-hmm. you know, IREF, we mm. have IREF, we have Beavers, we have all of the investments the government made mm. Mm. to ensure the elections went smoothly. Mm. And in the court today, the judge said all of these things are in backed by law. In the first place, why did we have you know, to embrace the inventions? Why did we have to become evangelists of technology in our electoral system and then come out to say, look, all of this, does it make any sense, doctor? Well, I, I must say, again, an outcome of a tragic process across the scape of citizens. Uh, however, um, for me, it is progress around the corner. You know why? We never had bivases. We never had an IREV. That today, a judge would say that in a court of law simply means that it is um, an instigation to make sure that the laws are foolproof. And I dare invite Nigerians. But you have to, the Electoral Act. Yeah, I, I, in fact, for me, well, the courts, once um, a ruling is made, it is, yeah, name and unless you want to move to the Supreme Court. I am battling to stay, stay on being a reasonable Nigerian because it is sincerely a very nauseating and, and very, very inciting and inviting to anarchy. But um, I, I, would, I would remain a law-abiding citizen and continue to advocate for good, advocate that we remain within the confines and opportunities within the confines of law. There are things we can't say here. Otherwise, you'll be paying fines, okay? Uh, would would be glad. Exactly. <laughs> it is very, very nauseating. The public is aware of what the perception is. The perceptions of judgments clearly do not resonate with the people. That is the reality. That is the reality. However, um, whatever the court say, yeah and amen. Um, those who are not satisfied should move to where judgment would be acquired. If judgment is not acquired, would remain law-abiding, would continue to engage the institutions and apparatuses of state to make sure that, for instance, we never had an IREF. Today we have an IREF. We never had the beavers. Today we have the beavers. It's working progress. 
Okay, it means that the number of legislators, the Labour Party, the PDP, the NMPP have today in the National Assembly must begin to look at ways of making our electoral act foolproof and and more reflective of the fraudulent re, um, reality and trends electoral process we have in the country. And unless we get to a point where we would not have elections that would have one, over 157,000 polling units um, with irregularities uploaded upload to IRF for citizens to see presidential elections with, um, with houses of people as results, uh, we would need to get to points where there would be clear-cut laws without lacune that um, will will stipulate punishment, stipulate in detail, and not give the judiciary windows to accommodate um, errors by those who wish to benefit from fraudulent and erroneous, in fact, exploitative elections against the people. Doctor, here's my fear. That an individual yes. could end up contesting an election and mm. ensure he or she wins by hook or crook and tell you to go to court. That is my fear. Now, what are some of the values we're entrenching democratically? This is the worry for me. Agreed, we could engage, right? We could engage institutions and ask for them to do the necessary things that have to be done for us to have a sane exercise or saner exercise as it were. But what are we saying? What are we telling ourselves? How do you get to a point when, you know, you, you swallow victory and know that it's something you worked for? Um, Gilbert, you, you, you know, I, I learn a lot from you and Pontac. It's time I, it's time I sit to listen. We learn from <laughs> you as well. Yes. Um, my answer is just the Pontac story about uh, those three young kids. <laughs> Nigerians must get to points where they must hold to account. In fact, hold at uh, the, uh, the juggler, not um, to take anybody's life. But um, just make sure you put pressure where pressure is demanded. Mm -hmm. Okay? The kind of advocacy that would come up with the kind of electoral laws that are befitting for a democracy must start now. The kind of engagements that would drive a society we all are interested in. See the kind of mobilizations that went into the electoral process for the 2023 general elections. Very outstanding. For the first time, you could see rallies where um, funds were not really um, the issue. For the first time, you could see very naughty supporters of particular candidates. Okay, um, Despite the bullying by others, others strongly believed and held on to choices they had. Okay, Now, with all of this, I dare say that the path to the kind of democracy we desire and would love to see for our republic is to have an electoral law that is reflective of the kind of situations we have on the ground. If you have corrupt politicians, politicians who will be um, malingering and acting like they're about to die when the news and clear realities of embezzlement are put in their faces, you must come up with clearly defined laws as to very stringent and efficient punitive measures that will not be circumvented by this ever intelligently available few that are interested in subjugating the people and acting like traditional colonialists and making the people go through immense difficulty. We must make laws that just don't peripherally say young people can run for elections when the cost of politicking and the cost of the electoral process is roofed off, roofed off 
above the means of the young. We cannot continue to have laws that allow for people to have multiple nominations and have political parties and have laws that do not allow um, persons that participated in an election with a, with a, with a person that um, was multiply nominated against the law. And then we, we have judgments that say you're being a, a meddlesome interloper just because um, of technicalities. We must take off such lacunae and have clear-cut laws that allow for um, a very outright, um, uh, in fact, legal tussles that would give judgments that are within the confines of public courts, just, fair, and egalitarian. Otherwise... Where we're headed to is a system that um, continues to engender the kind of injustice that this republic is perpetuating against its people. Well, uh, Gilbert, let's read out some of the judgments yeah, so far. Yeah. You know, uh, 25% requirement on that. Uh, the tribunal, in its wisdom, has said that the FCT does not hold any is not special than other states no special status yeah <laughs> and this is uh, yeah. uh justice haruna tamani uh, the lead judge of the five-man panel declared this during the tar uh, tribunal sitting uh today he said section 1341 and 2 of the 1999 constitution as amended stipulates that a presidential candidate must attend or score a majority of vote cast in a presidential election where two or more candidates are involved and at least 25% in two-thirds of the 36 states and FCT to meet the constitutional requirement to be declared as duly elected as president of Nigeria. So uh, that was, you know, one of the petition uh, that Peter Obi, you know, submitted, but it has been thrown out. Uh, so, well, uh, the second mm -hmm. we're going to read here is uh, the tribunal has uphold that annex authority discretion in election result transmission. So, uh, for those who said that, and it is Peter Obi said that uh, one thing he petitioned that INEC didn't follow its own guidelines on electronic transmission of results. But the presidential election petition tribunal has affirmed that INEC uh, has discretion to determine the mode of election result transmission for the presidential election held on uh, 25th of February 2023. Uh, Justice Haruna Samani referred to Section 52 and 65 of the Electoral Act 2022, which granted INEC the freedom to prescribe the method of transmitting election results during the poll. Uh, well, the tribunal dismissed the petition filed by Labour Party and its presidential candidate, Peter Obi, which sought to annul the victory of uh, Tinubu of the APC on the allegation that failure of INEX resolve viewing portal to electronically upload election result in real time. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this one, well, uh, the tribunal is saying that uh, uh, Shatima's, you know, because there was double nomination. Yeah, for that, on that point, like, let me quickly comment. It was the APS, APM, APM, yeah. APM, APM, you know, that filed that. I think on that 100%, I agree with what the tribunal said. Otherwise, well, any other judgment, well, okay. that's well, where my see, lay knowledge. You see, you see me, you know, okay. it's not the matter of agreement. <laughs> now, court talker, who I be to challenge court? <laughs> it's, it's public document, it's public pronouncement. Yeah. So, uh, it's subject was, to scrutiny because was, they have said it. I was watching the television in the morning before I stepped up, yeah. and a lawyer was arguing. He said, there are two courts, court of public opinion yeah. and the court of law. That what uh, people are saying is a court of public opinion, <laughs> and it doesn't count in the court of law. Uh, so let's look at one before. Uh, well, Peter Obi's petition against Tinubu, incompetent, defective, beyond repair. This is what uh, the tribunal has said. Uh, the tribunal, in a ruling on several objections against the petition, struck out several paragraphs of the petition by for being vague 
incompetent, inconsistent, nebulous, and self-contradictory. In the ruling delivered by Justice Abba Muhammad, Obi's petition was said to have raised several uh, general allegations of malpractices, irregularities, corruption without being specific as required by law. The tribunal held that while Obi claimed to have scored the highest number of lawful votes in the February 25th presidential election, he failed to completely state or specify the number of the unlawful votes he claimed to have won. Justice Mohammed said to worsen the situation, the Labour Party's presidential candidate pleaded report of forensic expert but failed to file the report along with the petition or serve same on the respondent in the petition. Besides, Justice Mohammed said Obi's claim that his vote was suppressed in favor of Bola Ahmad of the APC was vague because he failed to give out any figure of vote to establish the claim. Well, uh, hmm. Dr. Philip, maybe in one minute, uh, these are some of the judgments that we're already uh, getting. And by the way, it's still ongoing. Yeah. It's still ongoing. Still ongoing. Still ongoing. Well, um, just say um, I'm not a learned person, even though I'm a Nigerian. I'm not learned, meaning I, I don't have legal education in this regard. But I must say, <laughs> I don't have a law degree. Um, I must say that um, the perception in public domain is that of despair, that of um, so much difficulty in the country because um, as it is, there has been a floating dollar as against um, uh, the cost of petrol that people are having difficulty. No, it's a floating naira. Yeah, a, a floating naira. The floating okay. naira. I mean, which country <laughs> will not protect its currency? Well, let's open so, the phone lines. So sincerely, just to... Just to answer your question about the election petition tribunal, I think the public courts are not um, so pleased, but the courts have said what they what they have, and for those who are not pleased, they would have to approach the, the Supreme Court. Yeah, the Supreme Court. Uh, that's Kotong Alayaisa in Hausa. Uh, because if uh, they finish judgment, <laughs> absolutely, there, and if it's absolutely. not, you think that it's not in your favor. Absolutely. The only thing you say is Alayaisa, you know. Uh, well, you can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 081-2187-7777 or you call 090-556-6699. On Facebook at JFM Live and on Twitter we're at JFM Joss. Well, I'll say today the Nigeria's democracy is more participatory uh, because uh, the live broadcast of the Presidential Election Petition Tribunal. Uh, well, interesting. I look forward to uh, the analysis that we're going to get, you know, in days to come. Hello. Good evening, Professor. Th thank you for calling. Okay. Join the conversation. Tell yes. us your name, please. You have one minute, sir. You have one minute. Make your comment. Um, may God have mercy upon us, and may God have mercy upon this country called Nigeria. Hmm. Uh, it is actually a shock. I am not a legal practitioner, just yes, said, but um, at least. I know um, from the little educational experience I was able to gather, <coughs> I still understand what common English means in this country. Um, Sexy Sokri, the spokesman of the INEC, came out clearly on the Chennai's television, and told Nigerians, 200 million people, that these people think that all of us are fools, think that all of us are suffering from dementia, telling us that all the election results from the beginning to the end is going to be uploaded and on time, so that nobody should be afraid. I am putting this in so that anybody can challenge me, anybody can come anywhere in this country, I have the videos, I present it. And so if Festus Okoye made this statement, 
speaking for INEC that conducted the 2023 election. Nigerians, let me tell you something. The INEC has said, they actually said the transmitting that same result, especially the, 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 the presidential election result, not uploading it. And in the same day that the, 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 the election of the of the senators of the, of the uh, senatorial uh, election was conducted, that senatorial election I was made to understand I was not there was uploaded. Now they are telling us again in the court that it is in on the discretion of the index to select or whether to. My brother, this is actually false. Nigeria is the winner take it all. Let me tell you something. Except the constitution of Nigeria is going to be amended in that. Anybody who is the winner, if anybody, any court wants, anybody, any, any party wants to go to court, it should be concluded before the person is sworn in. I am telling you, it is just a joke. We are just joking. Thank you. democracy. Thank you. That's my tip. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for that. Hello, good evening. Thanks for calling. Hello, Pasha. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Tell us the name uh, straight to the point. You have one minute, sir. Uh, great, uh, great in the house. Go ahead, Pasha. sir. They've been talking about marginalization, how the ordinary man has been subchanged or captured. More will be worse. What happened today is a, is a classical. You know, it's funny. But it's funny to most of us. But it's not funny. It's a rap. It's just a racistical rule of a system of government. We have very few individuals overload the majority. So, is that how we're going to come? Look at what, uh, what Haruna is saying today. What did you just say there, Ebrahim uh, Mohammed? He said, a lawyer ought to be seen, a judge rather, and not to be heard. No act of no marathon decision he took to nobody saw him. That's a different thing. No, sir, me and you know what is a, a grammatical expression, and You see how they are called, invited Nigerian constitution. So just somebody, they know there's no credible evidence from United States drug issue. The issue has indicated there's no credible evidence that 25% is not even valid. The electronic transfer is no longer, is no mandatory. We are clapping out for this woman, this man from Katina Buhari, when he signed later amendment and included that transition. This today we are hearing different things. Where are the lawyers to AP, I mean PDP and the level? So, my consecutive me, all of them smiling. When they are eating, they are even comfortable. As I get the discussion of Nigerian future tomorrow, history will be naked just. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for uh, that very snappy, straight to the point. I love that. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening, sir. Tell us the name and join the conversation, please. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Sanjay Darensi, the Solomon, and Solomon and Gordon. Yeah, could you, yeah, turn down the volume of your radio, sir. Okay, well, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello? Yeah, well, it's kind, it's kind of breaking. Maybe you can uh, call back again when you get a chance. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, can yeah, I can hear you, but it's breaking. It goes on and off, you know. And up to now? Yeah, just, yeah, go, go ahead. Thank you very much. We are all in the country. We've seen these things happening since then. So that, uh, I, I, that's why I agree with what the, uh, the first presidential candidate of the Labour Party, uh, Babadati, said. That uh, Nigeria may easily, democracy in Nigeria may end. And uh, the point of the judgment, the way I'm seeing the judgment, 
is the end of democracy in this country. And let me tell you, Professor, it, is, it has discouraged thousands or millions of Nigerian voters in the future. I just pray that Bolatinibu, uh, despite the fact that Joshua has been there, but they have terminated, they have uh, uh, dismissed so very many allegations, petitions by the Secretary of the Local Party, Peter Obi. So it is very, very obvious that uh, this budget uh, may be passed in favor of Bolatinibu. I just pray that Nigerians should not be discouraged in the next uh, election. We should not be discouraged. Let us continue to put up and pray for the president who is on board today. Maybe God will touch his hand. If he is a real Nigerian and as a Democrat, he should be able to know what Nigerians are passing through. Well, thank you. There's a uh, much we'll take. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you sir. Gilbert. Jangda John on Facebook says, Seriously, things are really falling apart. The common man does not have a say based on the judgments we are saying. Jacob Amut success only when there is a proper amendment in the Electoral Act by involving the Nigerian masses. If not, same problems will keep on reoccurring. Tengong Stephen says, Our government is not sensitive to the plight of citizens. I think many students have dropped out of school. I went to school to help new students with registration, but I was shocked that neither the old and new students are in school. Before election, there were buses to convey people. Can that be brought back? Dimas Bala says, Electoral Act has come to stay and it has um, amended some unnecessary things. Whoever is the legitimate winner today, I'm supporting him and Nigeria must move forward. Law is not emotions, it's about facts that can be proven. Mm -hmm. Omodan Matthew says, 2022 Electoral Act hasn't helped matters. The meaning is that President Buhari jitted Nigerians like the commissioned unproductive Dangote refinery. Our constitution favors every ruling party. It's so sad. Albert Dagza says we have a long way to go in order to activate a just and impartial judiciary. All this is theatrics. Good evening. Hmm. Felkuka Gowan says seriously our judicial structure has customized every judgment according to the pay that has been arranged for them. Comrade Daos Longat says, I agree with the saying that democracy in Nigeria is only the political class that rules based... Okay, because honestly speaking, I wonder what type of government we are running in this country. Julius Igama says, for me, this electoral act is not okay, so there is need for proper amendment for a stronger democracy in Nigeria. Zank Asi says, absolutely, to me, it's like INEX scammed us with this 2022 electoral amendment act. May God have mercy. Morshish says, So just because he promised to review their salaries, they compromised. The judges couldn't show their faces. Almost everyone was sleeping in court. Said Ibrahim says, Concerning the issue of last election petition that has been um, heard in court, believe me, this case will never um, deliver a good baby. Jacob says, Jacob WG says, I am heartbroken I'm not even thinking straight. Nigeria, we always have policies and acts, but implementation and interpretation of the act is another issue. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Philip, go ahead and uh, respond to the comments that you've heard so far. Well, just as expected, um, despair, despair, despair. But I must um, be quick to appeal to, to our listeners out there, to fellow countrymen and women, that we cannot continue to despair. We cannot continue to give up hope on the Nigerian project. We cannot continue along the path of 
um, severe complaints. We must become active, just like we were active in the events precursor to the 2023 general elections. Um, Nigerians were were quite, um, I would say, patriotic in participation for the elections. We witnessed an outpouring of commitment for a new Nigeria. That that has not happened or crystallized in the manner Nigerians would have wanted. And that the judgment uh, within the courts of public opinion um, is not as expected uh, with the court of law. We must respect the courts of law and we must continue to um, apply ourselves to what would eventually give us the kind of republic we want. We must advocate for another electoral reform. We must advocate for of course, clearly, it's work in progress. Exactly. It's work in progress. We yeah. must advocate for clearly spelt out clauses to be in the electoral reform. Mm. We must see the errors um, of this current arrangement of the Electoral Act and, and, and sincerely participate in the next constitutional amendment. If the status of Abuja is supposed to to be specially defined, we should have that specially defined and clearly defined in the constitution. Um, constitutional lawyers would need to do a whole lot of good to support what our republic ought to become and to, to address um, perceptions of law and um, strategies of politics. Mm. We must also give it to the presidential candidate of the All Progressives Congress for being the president. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you mean to say the, the president. president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria? We must give it to him for being damning of consequences for for going all out to field a same fate ticket and deliberately going out on strategies that were were unthought about. Okay, unconventional. unconventional. Okay, uh, but they sure gave him the kind of outcomes we now are all crying um, uh, defeat to. Okay, yeah. so the opposition must learn to be more proactive and more thorough in planning for elections. And I must say that um, our country must move ahead and we must continue to engage the system and discuss and advocate for the kind of republic we need. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Philip Yango. Really interesting always uh, when we have a chat with you. A lot of things to think about and a lot Thank of you. learning to do, I would say. Thank you very uh, much. Gilbert, you finally. Good evening, Nigeria. Well, no matter what happened, you know, there's life. Uh, even if you think that uh, your opinion, the court doesn't, I mean, the court doesn't, Respect opinion, they respect law. My name is Ponsak Fanav. Nigeria will be great, except we'll put in the work and energy to make it great. Have a good evening. The news will come your way top of the hour, six o'clock, with Ryan Zabora. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.